0: How are you doing like what's it like for you watching all this go on what's it like for you know your for mom and and the church you know, what's what's it been like in your heart as you walk through this
1: good question i uh um it's been both kind of trembling and exciting at the same time um i think that that Right now, the nations are being shaken and that they're definitely in a transitional time that is uh, underway and it's impacting really every level of society. And in that, um, I think that this transitional time is going to impact how we respond to it will impact years to come. How's it impacting me? Months before, actually, the Lord really, because of a health issue, had me stuck at home. So I've been quarantined for two and a half or three months now. So for me, it's been a place of really taking inventory of heart issues and um, just daily lifestyles, belief systems, things of that nature. And um, one of the things that he's really been provoking me with is to really get back to checking am I living the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle? It's been Jennifer and I work together, pastor together, minister together. so we've been doing this 24 hours a day for many 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 years. So it's, has it hasn't been new to us from, so from a level of being at home all day long there's no change really. So it's uh, but it is forcing us to look at some issues. And begin to ask the Lord for help and grace in uh, becoming better as a husband, as a wife, and entering into this season asking for God's wisdom to be strengthened in that. And how we really live, how I live, beginning with me, how we live differently in the midst of it all. Mm. And it's in the taking of the inventory, it's making a list of different things that the Lord's revealing in my heart attitudes or actions that he's saying I don't want that. Hmm. That is not me and it's time. You have the opportunity to become more in me Hmm. and it's going to impact you and your family for the days to come. Hmm. So it's been definitely been a time of using much of this time and just Lord search me. Hmm. Search my heart. Search any offensive ways and uh, make me the person you would have me to be and just strive again to become more like
0: him. Hmm. No, that's good. It's good. It's good. Well, pastor flew, what about you? What's it been like for you with your family and being the pastor of the, of
2: what's what's going on in your heart during this? Now, I will be very honest with you. You know, when when all of this began, it it began like a, like a joke. Like, well, it's overblown. Uh, but but the first indications to me that something was awry was when the Houston Rodeo was cancelled. The Houston Rodeo cancelled. I mean, that was the first, mm, what's going on here? And then uh, I think it was either the, ne- the very next day or two days after that, the NBA was suspended. That hmm. was when I began to pay attention and i will be very honest with you you know this this has pulled my my wife and i you know the bible talks in the book of first chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. the bible talks about the sons of Issachar, and the bible says that they were men who had an understanding of the times you know to know what israel ought to be doing, and this has really pulled my wife and I, you know, pulled us to the closet, pulled us to seek him, to just say, Lord, okay, what minute this things on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell and people were speaking in tongues, you you know, the, the people, they began asking, what minute this, and it is a season to ask, okay, God, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. What is going on? What is you know happening? And um and if 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 you also um uh, remember, you will remember that when we began the year, that we began the year with a 40-day fast. Mm-hmm. And the theme of that fast was one thing. One thing mm-hmm. becoming a people of one thing and as I look at what is going on you know I mean people are you know they have said you stop working stay in don't go anywhere don't run around and I was telling my wife I said it looks to me like the Lord is determined that we must become a people of one thing Mm -hmm. I told her I, I said it will seem to me as if as if the Lord has closed the kitchen, the place of busyness, the place of activities, the place of performance, and he's, he's locked us in so that we can sit at his feet. And I am very, very excited. I am trusting God that the church that went into this will not be the same church that comes out. I am trusting God that by the time all this is over, the body of Christ will never be the same again. Amen.
0: Amen, amen. You know, uh, Falou, uh, as you were talking about what you're experiencing, and Dad, I'll, I'll ask you this same question next. You know, w- yesterday, um, so um, they said that, you know, the curve that they're showing is they're predicting if we stay isolated, if we, we sit in this mitigation mm-hmm. space, that the numbers will be hundred to 200,000 deaths in the United mm-hmm. States. And just saying that, right? I mean, oh, that's just like... Yeah. Uh, and, and right now, we're in the United States, if I'm correct, we're, we're still under 5,000 at this point, correct, guys? Yes so, yes. so we're talking about a lot of deaths that could be happening in these next uh, uh, two weeks to three weeks. As you're seeing this, I mean, what what does it make you? What do you experience as you hear that these these numbers and and what they're saying? Um, how do you like? How's your heart when you're thinking of this as a as a pastor? How do you uh, process that?
1: On one hand, it, it is it's overwhelming that that your heart breaks for the families. Uh, the loss of life that, that just it seems staggering numbers, even though in comparison to the size of our nation, it's not a lot, but it's more than we could ever in our day dream of. Hmm. And it really causes you to kind of stop and wonder what in the world is up to. It's like the Lord using this to drive us to prayer. Hmm. That he answered. Jesus is the answer. And even in the midst of the heartache and the pain, the suffering, the Bible says that we will go through suffering. But as Falou said, the outcome of this, I think, is going to provoke the church to step into her finest hour. Mm -hmm. And there is hope. And -hmm. hope is anticipation and the expectation that good things are coming my way, coming our way. And I believe that it is going to rise the hope, and the faith levels of our uh, nation, it's going to drive us to prayer, it's going to lead to expectation, and we will see the Lord's breakthrough at the end of the day. And the church will rise up in unprecedented measures too. But in the midst of it, to hear the reports and, and even hear the possibilities is just it, it it's overwhelming to my heart. I mean it just it's beyond what I can grasp in my own human wisdom, hmm. human strength, to hmm. trust him at the end of the day. Hmm. Yes, there's some of the enemy in this, I would say, but there's some of the Lord in it, too. And we know who's going to be victorious at the end of the day. Hmm. And, and we win. He will win. And I do believe that it will strengthen the nation. It's going to strengthen the church in a tremendous way. One of the things I keep sensing in the church as a people, when we come out of this, it's going to be there's going to be such a unity come forth from it
0: mm. that we
1: will command the blessing in the US. And I am praying that through this virus that came so quickly, the suddenly of the Lord will come. And the suddenly of the Lord always there's a delay in that suddenly. Mm. It's suddenly when it comes, but there's a waiting time that can be years before that suddenly happens. And I think that as that virus came that quickly, the suddenly of the Lord will break in and eradicate it, and we will see a new day in our nation and in the church.
0: Hmm. Amen. That's so good, Falou, Let me ask you this: You and Dad both work alongside the pastors in our city, and and you know, outside of the city and internationally, and. How do you see the church responding right now? Like, what are you seeing? What are you hearing as you're talking to other pastors? How, how do you see the church responding right now?
2: Well, um, Cassidy, thank you for asking that. In the book of Haggai chapter 2 from, from verse 6, Haggai chapter 2 from verse 6, the Bible says there, it says, For those saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, all nations, all nations. You will notice that as we're talking right now, no nation is left out. Whether you're Islamic, Hindu, no nation is left out. It says, I will shake all nations. It says, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory. Say it, the Lord of hosts. So when I hear this, I see as I talk with pastors as I talk with ministers as I talk with my children as I talk with elders you can see there is a shaking you know things are being shaken I mean I see I see I see things happening I see, you know, new methodologies. I see new approaches. Um, I see some, I see even the priorities, you know, changing. I see, I see introspection. Um, I see ministers who feel a need to encourage the body. I also see ministers who are asking, okay, Lord, what is going on? What are you doing? What is this all about? So I see all these things happening at various levels. But in my own life, I am seeking God. My wife and I are. We are crying to the Lord and saying, God, God, you know, what is going on? Lord, give us the spirit mm. of the sons of Issachar, give us an understanding of the time so that we will know what Israel ought to do. And I am trusting God that that light is coming, that revelation is coming, that illumination is coming. Amen.
0: So good. Dad, so let me ask you this. What do you think, as you've walked through this and God's prepared your heart for this, what would you say you hear God speaking and saying to the church during this time?
1: to me that is one of the most ultimate questions in the midst of this i'm like Baloo. i think that i think we if we don't ask the question what are you up to we're going to miss the opportunity of the day and i really do believe that the lord according to the word there's going to be a great revival before the coming of the lord mm-hmm. and one of the word, two words I keep getting is pray and prepare. One of the things that he's saying to all of us is in different ways is look at your priorities. Am mm-hmm. I at the center of your being and all that you're doing? And in that, there are some things that he's even showing me that it's things I want to do, but he wasn't the center of it. And he's saying, check your priorities. Did I tell you to do that? or is it something you want to do because, quote-unquote, it's ministry. Um, But I do believe he's testing our priorities in this hour to see if we will respond rightly to him. And I believe this revival is coming, and it's going—it's really a pray, look at our priorities— and position ourselves to encounter his presence and myself i feel like that is a call to the to the church in a huge way is a returning to first love
0: hmm. and it's
1: a it's a, a place of returning to first love checking all our priorities to say i want to love you with all of my heart soul mind and strength yes. and love others that love you
0: hmm.
1: and it is it, we it, it's really a Second Chronicles 7.14 hour, I believe. That if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear their prayer and heal their land. And I personally feel like the Lord is saying, pray, return to me with all of your heart. Prepare for my coming and prioritize my presence. Mm. that's how you my coming is mm. to prepare and mm. I think he's really oh, George Otis example in question has the church become attractive enough for him to come and bring revival mm. does he do you see the church attractive enough hungry enough to draw his presence in his presence is here but he I believe is a God who wants to manifest Himself in our midst in a great way. So I think He's really saying, Prepare for me to come. Prepare your heart. Prepare your church. Prepare the people around you. Prepare to receive this great harvest that is on the horizon. Hmm. And as fast as that virus came in, there's a harvest coming in on the backside. Hmm. And I believe are we ready for that harvest? So if we don't prepare our hearts if we don't prepare to be obedient to what he's saying each one of us to do, not what others are doing, but what we're, he's calling us to do. And hmm. each person, um, we could, could possibly miss the influence and the impact that he wants the church to have on the culture of society. Hmm. Hmm. So I just believe it's a preparation time in a huge way. And it, it's a returning to the, the, uh, Watch of the Lord It's returning to first love, and it's, again, about getting ready for what he's wanting to do. We're not sitting idly. It's a place of encounter in these days. And I think that is for pastors, it's for believers, it's for us as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. That we have the divine opportunity, 24 hours a day for no one knows how long, to, yes, spend time with their families, deal with the issues of the heart grow his husbands and wives and his parents and children but it's also the place where we are seeking and hungering for the presence of god like never before Uh it's almost getting so hungry that without him i can't live i'm Uh no good to anyone if i can't lay hold of more of him Uh so i think that's the call of the hour and uh that may play out in different ones of us what that looks like but i do believe that that is uh the thing that I keep hearing and sensing over and over and over is uh, develop your relationship with me. Prioritize me. I want to be first. I want to be the center. Hmm. I want to be your all in all. I want to be, as loose said, that call to us at the beginning. It's a call to one thing. Amen. It's a call of, of one thing. Hmm.
0: Dad, you know, that's a, I love that. Like, as we, as a bride and as a church, you know, as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, operating, um, you know, you said something that we have to be cautious that we we don't want to miss this moment. You know, we don't want to, mi- and there is God has opened our eyes to so much as a church in these days that mm. you know His appointed time, and that it, it's Him. But there still is a partnership, and there there. It takes me saying yes. I think that God is definitely doing something here to awaken us like never before. I love that. Returning to our one thing. Returning to our one thing. Falou, what would you say? What do you hear um, the Lord saying to the church right now?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that is very clear is that the Lord said... He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want to encourage us first to know that no matter where this ends up, Jesus is building his church. He's preparing his bride. The bridegroom is preparing his bride and he's asking the bride to also prepare herself so he said i will build my church and the gates of hell coronavirus will not prevail against it now there is a church which the lord is building but there is a church which men have been building do you realize that it is almost as if god has equalized the churches the big stadiums and the big buildings the size of your building does not matter the size of your building does not matter yes. what matters is, is is there bread there is there meat there and i see god shifting focuses do you guys realize something you know um in the days of john the baptist John the Baptist had no title. He had not been to seminary. He had he, he had no collarbone around his neck. He didn't have, I mean, he didn't have he didn't have a reverend, he didn't have a doctor, he didn't have an apostle. He was just the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord. And the people left the temple. They left the synagogues, they left the big buildings to a man who had no pulpit, a man who had I mean a a man who had no title, a man who had no building, and they went to this man in the wilderness. They came out because of his message. And I see God doing something in this season. I see God raising a John the Baptist. I see him raising a people that, you know, that are crying in the wilderness, you know, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I see God doing that. In the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 19, the Bible says there in Romans 8, 19, the Bible says there that the earnest expectation of the creation of, that they are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of the creation, they are waiting for a people. They are waiting for the manifestation, for the unveiling, for the coming forth of the sons of God. I see God reaching, you know, calling a church, out of the church. I see him calling a remnant to himself. I see him preparing a people unto himself. Yes. I see him doing a work, taking a people from the outer court, the place of business, taking us you know, from, from the place of activity, from the outer court, and calling us to the holy place, to the table of showbread. To the golden lampstand, to the golden altar of incense, where we praise, where where we worship, where where we become houses of prayer, the golden altar of incense, as we break through the veil into the holiest of all, a people are going to break through. I see God walking a work. Walk. I see him doing something. I am so confident that by the time all of this is over, that the body of Christ will not be the same again. Mm-hmm. We will not. I am trusting God. We will not sing the same again. We will not preach the same again. We will not teach the same again. We will not be the same again. We will not do the same again. You know, uh, Paul was writing in the book of Philippians chapter 1, in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 12, I want to believe it is, you know, when, when, when he was talking to the people, he said, the things that happened to me, because he wrote the book of Philippians from a Roman jail, from a, from a Roman prison cell, he was in bonds, he was in shackles, he was in this. Discomfort, he couldn't go where he wanted, but but he said, I wanted to know, brethren, Philippians 1:12, that the things which happened unto me have have fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel. Amen. Randy and I, we are trusting God, we're believing God that when this is all said and done, that the kingdom of God will be extended. And his name will be glorified. That's what I see God doing. And I'm Amen. excited about it.
1: You mentioned about the church being on equal playing field right now. It's as if everyone is level.
2: Yes. And
1: um, I wonder if in the midst of this, one of the things I've been asking is, is everything has changed around us. You have to wonder how much of society will ever go back to the way things were. Hmm. I believe that we're going to see even society is going to be changed. Yes. What the Lord is saying in this is get ready for new wineskins to come forth.
2: Amen. Hallelujah. What we
1: are used to Hmm. now, what we we think is church,
2: Hmm.
1: not saying there's anything wrong with the church, but that the way we've been doing it is going to be so different when we come out of this I believe that. and, and that's part of the preparation for the coming of the Lord that part of preparation for the revival that the Lord is raising a remnant up that this this is the hour that the sons of Issachar are coming forth sons mm-hmm. of God are going to be coming forth and that is going to provoke things to look completely different than it is now mm-hmm. and again I think that's part of the preparation even in our hearts and our minds, to say the way things were may not be any longer.
0: We have an
1: opportunity to seek his wisdom. When we come out of this, are we prepared to move into what he's asking of us? I want to just read here in uh, Matthew 24. We all know this scripture, but it's something that that for several years I have uh, been intrigued by and keep going back to it now. It's in Matthew 24, verse 8. It says, You will hear the wars, hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed. We should not be alarmed in this day that this is taking place. For this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are but the beginnings of birth pains. And I think we are in those birth pains today. And in verse 10, he says, And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. But lawlessness, because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved in this gospel of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Throughout the whole world is a testimony of God, all nations. And then the end will come. Could it be that he's setting this up? This did not surprise the Lord.
2: Hmm.
1: Could it be that he is? We're in a divine moment, a divine setup of Hmm. what is to come. And this this glorious gospel is going to be proclaimed in every nation. This pandemic is no longer gonna be proclaimed in every nation. It's going to be a glorious gospel that's going to hit every nation and bring transformation to the nations. Amen. And we will see the testimony of Jesus run throughout the entire world. Don't be alarmed. Don't be surprised that this is here. These things must occur. Mm-hmm. Another day is coming. And Amen. we're looking forward with hope, with expectation with anticipation, with eyes full of wonder, awaiting the Sunday of the Lord to break through. Amen. Amen. Power and love poured out upon not just us, but the nations of the earth like never before.
2: Amen. You know, Cassidy, one of the things I was sharing with some brethren Sunday after church, this was Sunday evening. Guys, do you I mean to let you know that things will never be the same again now I don't know how many things but it's clear that things will never be the same again Um, church will not be the same again the way we do business will not be the same again Mm -hmm. by the time all this is over we would have learnt new ways new ways of doing things new ways of accomplishing goals and I asked those brethren, I said, guys, I said, do you realize that according to research, it takes 21 days to learn a new habit and to settle in it. 21 days. That's all it takes. But we're looking at a situation where we may be doing this for the next 60 days, 90 days. By the time this is over folks. By the time this is over, we would have learned new habits, new ways, you know, and, and I, I just see God changing the order of things. Since all this began, moving the church online, we're reaching more people in more nations, people from Rwanda, people from South Africa, people from Canada, I mean, people from the United Kingdom, people from India are tuning in to the meetings. So we now have a larger, bigger audience than we have ever had. Now, I don't know where this came from, but one thing I can tell you, that this thing that is happening has fallen out rather to the furtherance Of the gospel and I'm very excited about it very excited hallelujah amen
0: so I want to do this I want to give both of you a chance to answer the same question because I I think it's important that both of you uh, say these words take three minutes to speak into the hearts of the believers in our day three minutes to to speak into their hearts dad what would you tell them
1: again number one is do not fear as we we know fear has gripped a lot of people. Um, his perfect love cast out all fear. Going back to much of this discussion is get in the secret place. Spend time with the Lord. Get in the word. Not read it for information, but encounter the man Christ Jesus in the book. Hmm. And in that... Um, The Lord wants to reveal himself to you. And the more you know the Father's love, truly know it, less fear you will have. I think that I would say to you also to function in hope and faith. Again, the expectation, the anticipation, that good things are coming my way. Primarily, I would say, regardless of where you are in your walk with the Lord, Utilize this time wisely. As a pastor being quarantined to my house for months now, one of the things I discovered was how easy it is to fall away quickly from what you're attempting to do. That is to know the Lord better. Make it that habit that Falou was talking about. Utilize your time wisely. Turn the TV off set aside long extended hours to spend with him, and ask for wisdom and revelation in this hour. You are his. He's got your back. He's your protector. He is your provider. He has it all. Get to know the one who wants to give himself to you in unprecedented measures. He is trying to take us from in our relationship from functioning with him in the place of information to functioning in the place of revelation the true revelation the revealing of the lord to each one of us that makes our heart it provokes our heart to love and i would say to you fall in love with jesus Hmm. just simply get in the word get in the place of prayer set your eyes upon the beauty of jesus the revelation knowledge of who he is his nature his character See this one who is the most beautiful person ever walked the earth, who came as a man. Take the journey of walking the Gospels with him. Go through the word and see and encounter this one who is after your heart. He made you and created you for this. This is the hour you were created for. To give your whole love, you give your whole heart to him and get to know him. And you will be overwhelmed with love. I promise you, I'm not saying I'm there, but the more we have this revelation, this is how we will stand before the enemy, before man. And it doesn't matter what happens to me. We're just walking through this life he is trying one of the things i didn't say that i believe he's trying to do is get us to grasp and lay hold of an eternal perspective we're passing through this is not our home we need to get the heavenly perspective and the right perspective of who the man christ jesus is who will lead us to the father heart of god who loves us beyond all comprehension we can't grasp the love he has for us fall in love with Jesus. That is the key to all things and I truly believe that
0: Thanks Pastor Falou three minutes or whatever. Just speak to the hearts of believers right now
2: I want to I want to take us back again to that book of Haggai I Want to take us back to the book of Haggai chapter 2 now, when we read before, we read verses 6 and 7. We read, And you see, verses, verse 6 says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, I will shake the earth, I will shake the sea, and I will shake the dry land, and I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house now. I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. God is saying He will fill this house. It's now becoming clear that that house is not a building. Because we're not even meeting in buildings anymore. That house is not a building. He will fill this house. You know, the Bible says that you and I, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that, that the Most High God no longer dwells in, in buildings that are made with hands he now lives here he this is his house this is the house he says i will fill this house with glory i want to encourage you my brother my sister my pastor friend minister you know whether you're a political leader whether you're a teenager whether you're a young adult you know whether you are old whether whatever you you may be i want to encourage you that more than ever before the lord wants to fill this house your house with his glory now verse 8 then says the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. When, when you look at the situation right now, the silver is being shaken. The silver and gold talks about the finances. It, it you know, talks about money. You know, God said the silver is mine. The gold is mine Hallelujah. You know, one of the other things that you also see is that that the basket of bread of the nations is being shaken. You know, God, God says it is mine. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Now, verse 9 is where I want to take you. Verse 9 is where I want to leave you. If you forget anything and everything that, that Falou has rambled and said today, I want you to remember verse 9. He says, The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. Say it, the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace. Say it, the Lord of hosts. I want to let you know that the glory of the latter house, the latter house, there is the former house and there is the latter house. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the f- former. The best days of the church are not behind her, the best days of the church are ahead of her, because the glory of this latter house shall be greater than and the former. And when the Bible is talking about this latter house, it's talking about you. It's talking about me. It's talking about us. No matter what we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter what we have achieved, the best is yet to come. After the shaking, after, when the shaking is over, in the book of Hebrews um, 12, you know, from verse 27 he says, and this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. God is walking a walk in you, friend. He's walking a walk in me so that, so that when he's done, when the shaking is over, only those things that cannot be shaken will remain. There are exciting days ahead, friends. There are exciting days ahead, my brothers and sisters. God has gone ahead of us. And the best, the best days of the church, your best days, they are yet to come. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Mm.
0: Speak to dad, ministry leaders, pastors, your friends like that you walk with. And, and just speak a word of encouragement to them.
1: Amen. First, I just want to say to each of you, I love you. Miss you for sure from all our, in Katie, the pastor's prayer gatherings, uh, pastor friends throughout Houston. I really do love you, and I miss seeing all of you. Um, you know, as thinking through this, there is so much, but again, what is on my heart um i just say to you that thank you for your commitment to your call. Thank you for your commitment to your congregation. I want to say to you, you've led well. And it's evident by the congregations you pastor and the men and women and children that have come up out of your congregations. Um, it's obvious to see what you have passed on to them and how you've equipped and trained them. So I just want to honor you first off and say that uh, um, you truly are loved. You are greatly, greatly appreciated. And this city would not be where it is without you here. Again, the parable that keeps coming up to me is a parable of the ten virgins. And I'm not going to read all of it, but um, um, about the ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. And beginning in verse uh, 8 I mean, verse uh, five, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. We are in a delay right now of what the Lord is going to do. From someone that's experienced, and I'm sure we've all been here, it's very easy in the waiting to fall asleep and not even recognize, wow, I have drifted. I'm off course. I want to encourage you. Stay on course. But it says, But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. He is coming. And he's going to come to you, I believe, in a profound way during this downtime. Come out to meet him. Then they all rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. And then they said, you go buy your own oil. Hmm. The thing that I would say to all of you as pastors Purchase oil. Hmm. Purchase oil. I don't think there is anything, no greater wisdom than that in our day. As truly at any time, purchase oil. We cannot have what we don't. We can't give away what we do not have.
2: What we don't have.
1: But the Lord is with you. He's going to guide you. As Paulou said, we've all gone to to, um, digital services and such. Things seem out of culture. Everything seems to be out of order. But the Lord is there. The Lord is with us. He's with you in this. And he will give you the strength. He will give you the wisdom. He will give you the the living understanding, the divine insight into what it looks like in the days to come. I just want to encourage you to keep your head down. Stay low. Stay humble. Use this time wisely. Let him do in you what he intended all along. That is my prayer for you. And be encouraged. Please be encouraged. You don't know where ties are coming from. You don't know where this is coming from. You don't know any who's coming back to you. But the Lord does. He's got your back. He knows the future. It's not about the past. As Paul said, it's about the future. Look for it anticipation and expectation. I believe that the Lord is leading you because of your faithfulness into a new land and a new territory for your congregation in the days to come. And it is going to be a beautiful thing to see this mosaic of what he does in our city and how unique each thing is going to be. But he chose you, he set you, and we just want to say, I just want to say thank you, and I honor you, and I bless you in all that you joy, are doing. Enjoy this time. The Lord gave us this time for a reason. It wasn't by accident. He knew it was coming. It didn't surprise him. And here we sit, and we have nothing but time. How many of us have said, I wish I just had a downtime. I wish I could take a sabbatical. I wish this. I wish that. And he says, "Okay, here you are. You don't even know when it's going to end. He is so good. He's so kind. He's so amazing. He will give you the grace to purchase oil. He has so much oil for you. And that oil, I believe, is going to pour forth from a city like we've never seen before. So be encouraged. Be strengthened in the Lord and be blessed, you and your family. Amen.
2: Amen. Talking to my pastor friends and minister friends, reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 16, um, from verse 44, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And the Bible says that Moses and Aaron, the people whom whom this congregation were accusing, they fell upon their faces. Verse 46 says, and Moses said unto Aaron. I want you to know that, you know, because the question is, what, what do I have for pastors and ministry leaders? The first thing is that during this season of plague, Moses said to Aaron, there must be communication you cannot isolate you know ministers need to communicate and i thank god for randy i Thank God for Cassidy. I thank God for people like Jim, like Jim Leggett, Ryan Rush, and you know other pastors, you know Lee Brockington. I mean, you know other ministers, you know people like Brother um, Shegun and you know others people with whom I am connected in this city. The Bible says, and Moses said unto Aaron, "These are days that Moses and Aaron must be communicating." Take a sensor. And put fire therein from off the altar this is not a time to burn strange fires the fire must come from off the altar any fire anything that we want to bring now you know we cannot afford strange fires he says take a sensor and put fire therein from off the altar on incense incense talks about prayer it talks about worship more than ever before my brother my sister this is a time To put on incense, to come, you know, uh, like uh, Cassidy, you know, loves that song so much. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. It says, take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. This is what we must do. As ministers, we need to make an atonement for the people. It says, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. Verse 47, and Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. Verse 48 says, and listen verse 48 verse 48 It says and Aaron stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed Mm -hmm. these are days that we must stand between the dead and the living some people are dead and some are dying they are Projecting about 100,000 to 250,000 people to die by the time this is over, but there is hope for the congregation. The Bible and the hope of the congregation is in you as a minister. The Bible says, and it says, it says, and Aaron, verse 48, and Aaron stood between the dead and the living. And when he did that, making atonement for the people, the Bible says that the plague was stayed. As we become houses of prayer, as we burn incense, as we take fire from off of the altar, as we seek him, as we have lock-ins with the Lord, as we stand between the dead and the living in the language of the King James he says, and he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. One of that translation says, and the plague subsided. As we pray, the Lord will help us. The Lord will help our children. The Lord will help our generation. And the plague will be stayed. It will be stopped in the name of Jesus. I truly believe that. Amen